Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm Frank Benali. This is Klaus Lundekram. I'm Matt Letitia. Dean Hammond's here. And you're listening to In That Number. Kevin the Moscomish Milton. Find me on Twitter at Moscomish. And me, Ray Hunt. You can find me on at RayHunt84. Follow the show on at Number Podcast on Twitter. And on Facebook, Instagram, and Telegram on In That Number Podcast. Email us with your thoughts and feelings on In That Number Podcast at gmail.com. And if you like what you hear, consider sharing your support by visiting buymeacoffee.com forward slash in that number. Let's march on in. Welcome back to another episode of In That Number, part of the Sports Social Network. This is episode 227. Uh, it's happened. It's the unbeaten streak. It's over. Stopped uh, at the hands of Bristol City at Ashton Gate on Tuesday night. 3-1 loss ends the 25-game run, uh, a run that stretched back to 23rd of September. And it was imperative that we were to put things right on Friday after conceding six goals in two games. And we did just that at the Hawthorns. Russell Martin described the best of the season. Clean sheet, three points, and back up to second in the table, albeit for less than 24 hours. Uh, with me to discuss this mixed week is the Moscow Mush Kevin Milverton. Hello, Kevin. Hello. Uh, and Tim Bazance. Howdy, Tim. Howdy, where did that come from? How do you do, Ray? <laughs> We're back, guys, as a three, and it hasn't been like that for a long, long time. But it's um, yeah, it's good to hear all of us together again. Yeah, the gruesome threesome. But how are you guys doing? How are you faring? I mean, how's the the week been for you? Tough, but we we march on. We struggle on. <laughs> I struggle now, is it? Right? Wow, we. <laughs> We're evolving here, but yeah. Uh, Tim and, and you? Riding the struggle bus earlier in the week, but successful towards the end. And uh, A bit like Saints. I mean, for both like the Saints, yeah, just just thinking like that. And uh, had a nice little Friday afternoon that kicked off to, to the rest of the weekend and been pr- productive so far. So uh, let's uh, let's keep it moving. Let's let's do that. Yeah. Um, like I said, it's over the 25 games in all competitions. That's 144 days, four months. 22 days if you want to say it like that but yes uh, everyone was frustrated and upset that it's over but I mean it has been fantastic hasn't it and 
Russell Martin said it's a bump in the road. These games can happen, really, can't they? It's it's, it's always going to hurt more because we've been so good, we've been spoiled, um, and it's yeah, it has been a remarkable run. So let's just continue what we what we have to do, and that that end goal, it's promotion, isn't it? So um, and then you know with the West Brom game, it's proved that it was a, a bump in the road and the, the perfect response. But we went at our best for large stretches of that game, but such a crucial win and you know a marker sent to the rest of the league that you know we're still fighting and we're still going to be chasing Leicester um, and if questions were going to be asked then we've answered them and it's one of the toughest places to go so yeah bit of a mixed week but uh, what are your impressions of it? Um, yeah just that a mixed week um, I, I was really disappointed that that run came to an end. Not um, panicking though? You know uh, no but you know I think when you've got uh, the Hawthorns to go to next, that that was definitely worrying. So it's good that they got back into form. And, um, yeah, Russell Martin found a solution. Um, we got a bit lucky as well in that game and um, came away the victors. So, hey, we've got a one-match unbeaten run. Um, <laughs> so let's see if we can extend it as far as we can. Yeah, and if you look at the two games on a whole, Tim, if you were to say that we were going to lose one and, and win one, you would have thought it would have been the other way around, right? I mean, that, your predictions went that way but I mean it's happened uh, but you take that from the week you know especially at a place like the Hawthorns. The best part about the week is being able to see the response obviously you didn't want to lose at all ever again because that's just bad but when it comes to you know getting kicked in the teeth at Bristol uh, you just turned it around and said I've got three days let's we need to respond and West Brom you know playoff uh, fifth place team at that, at that point uh, you know, going in there and basically kicking, you know, after getting kicked in the teeth, just kicking them back in the teeth, winning 2-0 and looking pretty good. It was a um, it was a good turnaround. That's what the vitality we need going into the remaining part of the season. Yeah, and a lot of teams would go to the Hawthorns and, and not pick up any points. Um, and if you go and lose two games in a row, I'm pretty sure Saints fans would have been panicking, saying, oh, it's, it's starting again. You know, we lost those four in a row in September, and now we're going to we're going to start and going on a losing streak now. But we stopped that instantly, like you say, perfect response. And like Russell Martin said, it's the, the best win of the season. I can see exactly what he means. It was so crucial. Looking back at it, it was yeah difficult, very very difficult game, but it's over and done with now. Yes. So if you are enjoying the show, uh, please show your support, and you can do that by visiting buymeacoffee.com forward slash in that number. Just the price of a coffee or the price of a pint or whatever it is that you can afford. Greatly, greatly appreciated. Uh, and also, if you want to join our free Discord uh, and get involved with us, you know, game chats, predictions, general chit chat, really, amongst some uh, welcoming Saints fans, uh, yeah, please get in touch uh, through our various means of communication and we will get you in. Uh, guys, ITN News. This is ITN In That Number News. Okay, not not a lot has happened in the week really, apart from you know the the, the loss of the 25 game streak and the, and the two games that we've been preparing for. So it's been quite a slow news week. Uh, the only thing that I well, the thing that I wanted to start with is the the Flynn Downs and, and Shea Adams injuries. Not really sure where we are with this. I mean, I I wasn't really concerned about it because at the start of the week we heard that it's not long term and it, and they should both be back uh, for Friday's game at West Brom. Well, Shay at least, but not a clue where they were. I mean, Flynn Downs probably, I, I mean, we mentioned it last week, he'd probably missed a whole week. But 
there's been nothing. There's been no more talk about it. So, I mean, I'm starting to get a little bit worried that he might be missing for another week. And this crucial, crucial stretch of the season, we've got two more games, don't forget, uh, Hull and, and, and Millwall. We, we need the whole squad, uh, and I just feel that, is there going to be another week without them? Unfortunately, I don't hear anything in the ma- magical interwebs out there about Flynn Downs. Uh, I think they like to keep things under wraps, and to me, it's kind of wary, because if they were a little bit more vocal about things, saying, oh, it, you know, he's going to be coming, he'll be ready, we, you know, we'll reassess him in a week or two, and we think the total timeline is this – you know, it'd give me a lot more hope to recognize that the injury is a, uh, well, I'd say is more of a traditional one. Whereas if it's untraditional and they're kind of, you know, they're they're not really giving all the details, to me, uh, it makes me a little bit uneasy. Yeah, exactly. That's my thought. And they're not telling us what the problem is or how or the, or the, or the time scale, like you said. Is that is that worried you, Kev, or did you expect them to be back Tuesday night, both of them? I don't know. Like Jim said, we, we were in the dark completely. So I'm, I don't know whether to expect them or not. I mean, I really hope that they're both back for next week. But, yeah, I, we, do we know anything about any of the injuries at all? Nothing. Is it That's just a knock? Or? That's what he said. He said, I mean, he, when he was interviewed after the, um, the Huddersfield game, they said that they're both, you know, be assessed. Uh, Shay Adams probably won't be ready for for Tuesday, uh, but we'll be back for the Friday game. He said that. Uh, so I expected mm. Shay to be back, and I expected Flynn to miss the whole week. Now Flynn did, but Shay was nowhere to be seen either. So it's kind of like a, mm, is it just a precautionary thing? You know, you, you, players need rest as well. So is it is it that added on top of it? So that's what I'm thinking. Oh, Tuesday it might be the end of it. We might see them both, or you know, Shay start, Flynn on the bench, but. I don't know. I'm starting to worry now that they, they, you know, they, they both be out for a little bit longer. That is worrying. Yeah. Joe Rebo, Kev, uh, is Nigeria side. They lost. They lost to the Ivory Coast uh, in the Afcon final. Great. I mean, you didn't want Ivory Coast to win at all, did you, Kev? I mean, you made your feelings clear about that, but they've got they've gone and done that. Um, but he started he started on the bench. Bastards indeed. Yeah, he came on in the 86th minute uh, when Nigeria were already two one down and couldn't really help to find the equaliser. Uh, he wasn't back in, uh, in time for that Bristol City game, but he did. Uh, come off the bench on Friday and he got around 30 minutes so it's good to have him back but yeah sad uh, sad end to his uh, AFCON yeah absolutely I, I was I was rooting for him but yeah it wasn't to be the, the I suppose the biggest bit of news and the, you know, another worry from the week was this uh, speculation of Jason Wilcox now mm. a return to Manchester uh, but this time the, the red half what what did you make of this news because Russell Martin has rubbished it but that's what you expect, right? You expect everyone to just rubbish the claims and say, no, I've not heard anything about it. It's just an easy way to avoid the questions. But is there any truth in this? Are you expecting this uh, this new Man United revolution to take hold? And Jason Wilcox, is, you know, if you're going to get lured in by a club, it's something, something like Man United, you can't really say no, can you? Maybe the same head of recruitment or, or not. Uh, it's, I can't imagine him going there and... Of continuing the same policy of luring in Manchester City's youth team, that's <laughs> probably not going to cut it. I didn't think about that. <laughs> but yeah, I suppose not. Um, Tim, did although you... that's what J- well, that's what Jaden Sancho was. So well, Jaden uh, yeah, Sancho was he didn't Manchester go. U. He didn't directly go from the blue to red, did he? He was, you know, Dortmund in between yeah. and, and since. But yeah, um, th- what did you make of this uh, this news, Tim? Did you uh, were you thinking like me, like oh shit, here we go again? Well, it scares me to have 
Manchester United be a competent team again. It was enjoyable to have them be of a joke of a club and think, you know, more about getting tractor sponsorships than they are actually putting a, a quality team out on the field. Uh, but seeing that Jason Wilcox is, uh, you know, being potentially headhunted by them, it says we're going in the right direction, regardless of what happens. So to me, I'll take that as a, I'll take that as a positive. Whereas having him potentially picked off six months after we've basically developed the entire scheme, uh, or primarily developed the scheme around him, uh, shows a little, it scares me a bit. Are you going to turn it down? I mean, what are they going to do? Double his money? If somebody doubled your money, would you go to your rival competitor? Probably yeah. yes. You know. Yeah. So to me, uh, you know, it's a sit and wait. Although I can't imagine doing a Pompey podcast. I don't think that would that would interest me much. But how much? That's 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 the game. Is how much would you be willing to sell your soul for? It would have to be a lot. It'd have to be a lot. I just don't. I, I, I couldn't. I couldn't watch Portsmouth every week. I'm sorry. I just couldn't do it. But yeah. Um. Hopefully this is just a, a, a you know, a breeze, and it's not anything serious. They'll move on. Um, but you never know. It's kind of like our MO, though, isn't it, Kev? You get a decent thing going, whether it be managers, whether it be players. Uh, and as soon as they get the, the, the call from another club, then they're, you know, they're gone. And there's nothing you can do to stop that. It's just what we've been become accustomed to. Yeah. And, you know, for all of the, the praise that we heap on him, and yeah, yeah he's definitely um, good at what he does. He does but still played part in some of the worst transfers that I've ever seen for the club. Mason Holgate. And um, Paul Arnohachu. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, he's still yeah, here. Yeah, the Croatians. Shaletta yeah. mm. Sar or... Um, well, yeah, they're both still here as well. Mislav yeah. Orsic, yeah. No, he's not. He's gone, isn't he? Yeah, we've got a massive... We've got a massive pile of rejects that are out on loan and, um, yeah, filling up the books. So, yeah, it's not all positive. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Off you go then, Wilcox. <laughs> um, the, the, there is a, a game change. Leicester. <laughs> Leicester City. Uh, the, the King Power has been changed uh, for TV purposes. And so instead of the Saturday, the 16th of March, it's now Friday, the 15th of March at an 8 p.m. kickoff. Bastards. I work early Saturday morning. There's no way I'm going to miss that game. But the only, you know, the saving grace there is, is that if, if either side are to progress to the FA Cup quarterfinals, then it could change again. So uh, you never know. It might be moved to a Sunday. Who would Leicester do it again? A Bournemouth. So, yeah, they're, they're, they'll get through. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah, that's quite a possibility, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. So there we go. Yeah, that might be moved uh, again. Uh, so, yeah, the under-21s then, uh, they played Arsenal on Friday night, Friday the 16th, uh, and they lost 4-2. At, it was at Arsenal, so, you know, it's a... <laughs> No, no real surprise there. Uh, goals from Luke Pearce and Cam Bragg. Uh, they're 19th in the table now, so not not doing very well. Uh, next up, they've got a men's senior cup game at the Snow Stadium on Tuesday, Tuesday the 20th. And that's against Horndean FC. Yeah, uh, the women uh, they uh, they played Man United in the FA Cup fifth round, of course, last Sunday at the Silver Lake, uh, and they lost 3-1. But really, really spirited performance. Um, so nothing to be ashamed of against the top uh, WSL side. Um, our goal was uh, by Alexi Lloyd-Smith. Um, but, yeah, United were just too good at the end. Um, but, yeah, good performance. Um, and they are playing Birmingham City at 2 o'clock on Sunday the 18th. So at the time of recording, that is today. Um, and Birmingham just sit one point behind. Um, so it's a big, big, big game today. And, and obviously Saints are fourth, and they're three points off the top spot themselves. So 
massive, massive game. So good luck to the ladies today. Uh, under 18s, uh, they played Arsenal on Saturday, the 17th, uh, at home. Uh, and they drew 2-2. Uh, Jaden Moore and Nick Oikunle with the goals. Uh, they sit 11th in the table. Uh, next up for them, they've got West Ham next Saturday. Saturday, the 24th, that's 11.40. That's on the road. That's at Little Heath Sports Centre. Okay, uh, we got we got to do it. We got to go into the west. The west, no, we don't. We got to go into the uh, the Bristol City game from Tuesday night, the one that that stopped our run, uh, coming and having failed to win at Ashton Gate in the league in 40 years. Can you believe that? It's crazy. Wow. Yeah, um, and that run continues because we we don't seem to be able to beat them. And but I mean, a run that doesn't continue is our unbeaten one, of course, and that's the first loss since Middlesbrough on the 23rd of September. Uh, we all know that, but it had to come to an end soon. Uh, but it came crashing down, really. 3-1, didn't it, Ashton Gate? Just not not, not a great result at all. You look back at it and think, I mean, of all the teams that we've played and beat and difficult um, situations that we've had to overcome, uh, to go to, the, to Ashton Gate and get beat 3-1 like that is um, it's a bit of an eye-opener. Uh, but, yeah, what are your thoughts on, on, on the game as a whole, Kev? Um, I bet they were just the better team. I mean, I think they're one of the best teams that we've played uh, this season. Uh, it really showed we were just completely off our game. That for, After that first half, I thought we were lucky going in nil-nil. Maybe, you know, something can change. Um, maybe make some half-time substitutions that'll make a difference. But, um, yeah. yeah like, the, like the West, uh, like, like the Watford game in the Cup, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, but, yeah, wasn't to be, wasn't. Yeah, Tim, do you, what do you put this down to? Is it just a, just a one-off, just a bump in the road, like Russell Martin said? Is it down to tiredness? Is it down to fixture congestion? I mean, is it just a... a combination of everything and it's just got the better of us and as kev said bristol city we're just better on the day uh everything you are correct and a good example of that is Le- uh, lester just losing to middlesbrough this past weekend mm. uh, even the best teams can lose so you're going to have an off day nothing's ever going to be ideal or perfect and it's one thing to get completely beat out on some luck uh you know opportunities where they just completely get a fluke goal and that's the end of the game, like whatever it might have, whatever it might have be. They they were completely dominant, and so well deserved to them for coming out and trying to kick and kicking us in the teeth. Third time I mentioned that so far on the cast this today, <laughs> kicked in the teeth. But uh, nonetheless, yeah, it, we just had to come up and be able to get be be better, and we weren't th- we weren't better that day. Four changes uh, from the Huddersfield win. Uh, Rothwell comes in, deservedly so, you say. Um, we knew Flynn Downs wouldn't make it, um, and there was a qu- question marks over Shadows, but you know he misses out. Uh, as did Stuart Armstrong, um, a little rest for him. Uh, Charles is back in for for Downs, and a first start for David Brooks. Uh, happy with this lineup, Kev? I mean, I guess you have to be. Um, Flynn Downs being out, we knew that um, somebody'd have to come in. Uh, so yeah, Charles Smallbone and Rothwell ostensibly uh, probably the best uh, midfield you could have. I mean, maybe uh, getting Stuart Armstrong in there somewhere would be a good idea. But, you know, some players do have to rest, don't they? Unfortunately. So I understood that. <laughs> At this point, we're seeing so many different games coming coming thick and fast that, uh, especially with the Rothwell contribution that he made, he showed that he could be involved and uh, make some goals, uh, more so than I thought when he first came in. 
And yeah, uh, I guess Ryan Manning was probably maybe a little bit, bit of a surprise. Keeping the same center back pairing makes sense. Walker Peters makes sense. So all in all, it's just rotating that top uh, attacking front. Uh, well, the midfield and in, in, in the in the attack. Yeah, a team that should have been should have been winning. I mean, Russell Martin would have put the team out thinking that yeah, that, that they're going to carry on and and. And, and win this game with the players that they've got. Uh, we did see Stuart Armstrong come on, on the, uh, at halftime for, for Shea Charles. Shea Charles was guilty giving the ball away an awful lot, and I, and I don't think he was great yeah. um, great against uh, West Brom either. I think he's having a little bit of a crisis in confidence at the moment, so uh, not quite sure what's happening with him. Oh, incidentally, it was uh, Adam Armstrong's 100th appearance for the club, so uh, yeah, that's unbelievable, isn't it? Mm. 100 appearances. So that, where's that time gone? Yeah, that definitely has flown by. But you said about um, Charles giving the ball away quite a lot. I think Smallbone also was was guilty of that. I think like generally in yeah. possession we weren't as self assured and we were quite profligate in that in that sense. And that's how we started, wasn't it? It was just very slow and sloppy. It was just lot, lots of those stray stray passes and Bristol City dangerous on the counter and they looked they just looked more interested. I thought and we had no shots or touches mm. in the City box in the first twelve minutes. Um, but like usual, you know, we dominated the ball. We had 62% possession, but like I say, very slow, absolutely nothing to show for it and just giving it away. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No These crucial moments. I think the first touch in their box uh, and the shot, it came on the 16th minute. It was a close one because uh, Samuel Dozy clipped the top of the crossbar. Um, and that, mm. that came from a high press. So, um, you know, that was the, the first sign that we were actually looking a little bit interesting otherwise it was it was just bristol city catching us out and taking away the um the, the passing lanes from us and we, we saw two big chances before the half because adam armstrong he had a clear shot on goal eyes lit up and i don't know did he hit it too quickly possibly and it just seemed quite tame uh, and an easy one for um what's his name o'leary isn't it um and yeah. then we and then mm. we had another one um by City, who hit the side netting. I think they hit the side netting a couple of times, and it caused my uh, my heart to go in my mouth. But yeah, it's um wasn't wasn't a great half at all, was it? Really, just a lot of possession lost, and you know, if anything, it looked like Bristol were going to catch us on the counter turn. Yeah, it just seemed that Bristol was. They just knew exactly where to be and where and where to go. Uh, the pressing of our midfield, which I feel like is our weak, is the weakest part of our team was consistent and constant. And to me, you know, just keeping going through, it just was, it was problematic. It just didn't look good. Uh, it didn't seem like we could scrape something out and it just seemed like the inevitable was going to be happening 
where they just could unless we had some massive significant halftime changes, which we had in the past. No, we did have one, didn't we? But um, yeah, I mean, we didn't have much to show for that first half. On like you said, that Adozi chance and Armstrong going straight at the keeper. Um, to be fair, they didn't uh, have much to show for it either. But um, no, yeah, they were definitely still putting us under pressure, um, forcing us into mistakes. And, uh, yeah, you get the feeling that that midfield uh, trio is not the best set up for attacking football. It's it's very defensive, very passive. Exactly. And that was what changed, wasn't it, at halftime? Because we mentioned Charles gave the ball away quite a bit. Russell Martin yanked him off um, and then he took... (laughs) And then he took him off the pitch. I missed that one. <laughs> um, uh, and he brought on Stu. Uh, Will Smallbone then kind of like shifted to that number six role. And then, yeah, I think, wow, I mean, the second half, it mean, 32 seconds into that second half, we hit the post. Um, wow, literally hit the post because David Brooks <laughs> collided oh. with the post. Um, yeah, but that you know, City make the mistake, a dozy slides it wide. And yeah, that was... That was very, very nasty. And I thought he was going to be, I don't know, but that looked like it. I, I was trying to, I mean, I... I, I, it was one of those things where I looked, looked, I watched it again and again and again, and I was like, "Why am I watching this?" Because it was just horrific. Um, I couldn't make out where it hit him, but I think we decided in the end that it hit his hip, nasty bruising around his hip. But yeah, I was just thankful that it wasn't a cracked rib or anything like that, because he did hit it pretty damn hard. Yeah, he got up and dusted himself off and carried on. Though um, it was good to see himself throwing in, throwing himself quite literally into chances. Yeah, uh, when you're looking at it, it was just ass. Absolutely terrible. I thought he absolutely cracked a rib. Yeah. Uh, you know, at minimum, like you know, you know, you're like, oh god, he's just crawling over. Did he puncture a lung? Uh, did he, you know, did he, did he, you know, did he break a bone on his leg? It just did not look very good. And then the toughest nail guy just gets up and starts walking off, and he's just like, well, I guess everything's okay. The benefit to hitting your hip, while it's going to be super sore, and you know, as a, as a soccer player, you use your hips to be able to run. Is that if he hit his core or his rib, you know, the cardiovascular wasn't an issue. Rather, it just basically it was pure pain in the body, which he pushed through and, and kept going on. Yeah, a fair place for him because he was down for a while, and I thought, oh my god, uh, yeah, I did feel the worst then. I thought we can, we don't need this. Um, but we 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 went a goal down. Uh, Sam Bow in the 52nd minute from a throw-in, Kev. It was uh, yeah, not not great. Uh, Mimetti, uh making mincemeat seemingly of, of Ryan Manning and easy slide across the face of the goal and it's just an easy tap in but yeah just uh, one from the training ground I guess just not not very uh, well defended yeah I mean I think um, they're not the first team to exploit our left and um, yeah overload it down the right um, because I, I guess other teams do see Brian Manning as a weak link in our team and um, well they're, they're not wrong I, <laughs> I don't know did, did you not spot uh, what could have been a handball from Mehmeti in the build up Yes, I did. Yeah, I did, actually. But nobody else seemed to, to, to question it. So I was just like, yeah, just it wasn't even really... mentioned anyway. Yeah. I, am I just being like a sore loser there? I didn't know. But And it's um, their goal was pretty much. Um, yeah, uh, it was very similar to the chance that we had that Brooks didn't quite get to and ended up um, wrapped around the, the post. But Bednarek should have done that. He should have really blocked that, that cross uh, that was that was coming in. Uh, didn't manage to get to it. Yeah, Bazunu just not in the right position to deal with that, I suppose. No, I think the the job was done b- before the ball went into the box, though. To be honest, I think mm. that's, yeah, it was all all set up for them. Um, and then yeah, two 0 down. Tim, it was 
set piece woes <laughs> again. Well, I, I say again, it's been a while since we conceded a goal like that. But Russell Martin said at the end of the game that the second goal was was a goal that is a rubbish goal. He, I mean, shouldn't be conceding goals like that. Uh, that. That's a horrible one when you've been working so hard and you've been, you, you know, you're not been conceding goals and then you let one go like that. It's um, it's a sickener that one because then right there you know one nil down you think yeah okay they can get back into this maybe scrape a draw out of here but two nil and you just think now this is it we're done I know we were two nil up two nil down to to Huddersfield at half time um but you know going away Bristol City two nil down losing a goal like that when they don't look interested at all and that was a 72nd minute as well um just pretty much game over there wasn't there yeah it was unfortunate and Russell Martin in his his post game was very stoic in the way he was describing and he you know he was proud of everybody uh, and was just kind of saying, you know, everyone, you have to go through your ups and downs and ultimately you can just kick back on from it. And then if you saw on, on F- Friday in his uh, post-game cre- pes- press conference against West Brom, he mentioned that he watched the game back and he was pissed. Yeah. And this was yeah. this was the reason why but him being pissed was basically preventable situations. Uh, and this was preventable. We, we have been better. We know we can do better and we should be doing better. And that's where he uh, provided his Buddhist wisdom uh, and pushed it onto the team as they pushed into the West Brown game. Yeah, that was interesting. Actually, I forgot to mention that, but yeah, I did, I did sit here that presser and he said that, I don't know. I'm guessing he was just after this game, he was kind of like his pride was wounded. You know, they've lost their 25 games, um, and he was just like, you, you couldn't be nothing but proud of the team for what they've done. And, you know, when you get interviewed straight after the game, that's the only thing you're going to take out of it. But when you watch it back and you see how you know, needless that goal was to concede, you, you do have the right to be a little bit pissed off with that. And I think that's what's done it. But yeah, too much to do then, Kev, 2-0 down. And we were just making these needless fouls that the crosses were going nowhere. Again, we carried on giving the ball away, not getting into goal-scoring positions. It was just, oh, it's just a bad day at the office. And then when... When Harry Cornick hit one and you just think, OK, another counterattack, 82nd minute. We are going to get absolutely battered here. This could be four or five. This could be another Sunderland one. <laughs> no, um, I don't know about that. I think it was the the, the, the pace of the game. Um, it wasn't wasn't that bad. But, yeah, I mean, the, the more and more we're, we're trying to firefight by going all in, the more that we're going to expose ourselves to their counterattacks. And, um, yeah, it, it happened, happened again, didn't it? At some point, um, though, you've got to say that we've lost the game. We're not going to win the game. Don't go, don't go searching for a goal that's not going to, you know, a consolation goal that's not going to make any difference. While you're committing so many men forward, you're going to get caught out and, and you know, lose the game three now. It's just not worth it, is it? You just want to defend and just play a little bit smarter at times, and rather than see a third one go in. Yeah, and I think if we, if we had, I don't know, had they just lost confidence, or you know, they were they were spooked by City because that that self-assurance that we normally have um, in, in dominating possession of the ball um, did, just wasn't there in, in that match. And the, their third goal starts from a stray Camelding pass to absolutely fucking nowhere. And uh, uh, he didn't seem bothered by it. You know, normally they'd be panicking no. and, um, yeah, trying to, trying to, um, trying to, press them and, right, yeah. uh, and get the ball back. But yeah, everyone seemed to switch off at that point and they just, you know, ran us ragged. It did, yeah. Um, but we did get one, uh, a consolation, a pity penalty. Wow, that's what yeah, I yeah. thought anyway. I mean, I, I, 
I, I saw the incident straight away and I thought, oh, it's not even a penalty. They're just giving it to us because they feel like it, uh, because they just feel sorry for us, I guess. I, haven't did what, I did watch it back again, obviously, and thought, yeah, OK, that is a penalty. It was a penalty. 100% agree. And with it being late in the game, the Bristol City defender was a bit sloppy, a bit careless because he thought we're up 3-0 anyways. He's just going to kick the ball. Kyle Walker-Peters, being the man that he is, jumps into the fray, gets kicked, gets knocked down in the penalty box, and Adam Armstrong scores. Yes. Starting to concede a lot of goals, Kev. Too many goals, you would say. And that's three mm. at home to Huddersfield, three here again. And yeah, just um, panic settling in, maybe. I mean, I know that X was uh, crawling with people saying the same thing. You know, we're conceding too many goals Oh, again. you didn't just call it X, did you? I did call it X, yeah. Because do you know oh, why? God, we're in... Do you know what? Do you know why? I'm fed up with people saying uh, X, formerly Twitter. It's like, we fucking know. You don't have to say it was formerly Twitter. Just say X or just say Twitter. I'm fed up with it. I I thought our policy was just to say Twitter. Okay, well, I'm going to say Twitter then. Either either, either one or the other. Okay, I'm not saying Twitter, formerly known, or X, formerly known as Twitter. It's just, it's too much of a mouthful. Or where you go, like Twitter or X or whatever the fuck people. Call it yeah, exactly. You don't need to <laughs> and another thing I hate about this as well, that everyone was calling Bristol City Bristol. And I know a Bristol Rovers fan and they keep on saying to me, there's two fucking teams in Bristol. Now stop calling them Bristol. <laughs> yeah. So I feel really sorry for them. So I'm going to call them City because, yeah, that's yeah. it. So, yeah. Same, it, same with Sheffield as well, isn't it? Yeah, but that's the thing. You don't call them. You, you call them Wednesday and you call them Sheffield United. You won't shorten it. Mm. But why is it with Bristol City? You just call them Bristol. It's the only one I can think of in 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 a in a city. No, people do do it with, with, with two teams. I don't. But, but with Bristol City, I tend to fall into that trap. And I can't. I'm just trying to think of all the other cities that have got two clubs in it. Obviously, you don't call them Manchester. Uh, you know, you, you, you know what? C- you, city do United. Quite often do. I know, but we don't. And it's like all the other ones I can think of. Well, you got well, you got Sheffield, as you say. You got well, Port Vale, Stoke are completely different anyway. Um, there's no one called London. Liverpool, Everton, yeah. Let's just uh, give give them some respect. I'm not going to call them Bristol. I'm going to call them City. So yeah. Um, the Sheffield one's even it, weirder because there is an actual Sheffield FC. Oh, I see. I didn't know that. It's the but, oldest club in the world, isn't so it? So there there, mu- there must be a Bristol FC, surely. Ah, uh, uh, maybe. Yeah. Mm. Thing is, we don't think about Bristol Rovers at all, or historically. Oh. Now, when so you, you think of Bristol, you think you're um, my my thoughts always go to always go to Bristol City just because they've only been in the you know they're the ones who are in the top tiers. Whereas Rovers, the only reason they're in the headlines recently is because they uh, they had the manager that was the master jo- Joey, uh, Joey, Joey Barton, yeah, Joey Barton. Um, so that's why it's one of those like if you're like oh if you consider Sheffield or you know United versus uh, Wednesday, understand the debate because they've been on give or take even par and up and down, uh, you know, uh, yeah. so a level above or the below each other in, a, in a, that rivalry. Whereas Rovers is basically the the little brother uh, oh. to the big, to the big brother. My friend, my friend and is going to hate this. If, <laughs> like, you, if, if someone hears that, if, if there are any Bristol Rovers fans that hear that, they are, I will turn off and hide myself from any, <laughs> Uh, ways so, and, and good thing I'm not on um, that shit formerly known as Twitter X whatever uh, <laughs> to be able to be found. So. Just did it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Um, my my tutor at school, Mr. Baggis, he was a Rovers fan, wasn't he? He certainly was. Yeah. Yeah. Up the gas. Are the Rovers the gas? Yeah. Oh my God, you didn't know that. Ah. Oh. 
It's just proves I don't know my why point. I thought it was City for some reason. No, no. This this just proves my point. Poor Bristol Rovers. I mean, come on. Mm. <laughs> we we love you. We haven't mentioned Nottingham either. It's exactly the same situation with Nottingham. Ah, but see, it's not called Nottingham County, though, is it? Officially, they are, the, the official name is Notts County. Mm. Nottinghamshire County. <laughs> yeah, it's not. But yeah. Uh, anyway, you're getting some... Uh, some classic podcast in here um but i just want to credit the the traveling fans as well after this 25 game winning streak and you're losing three nil to to bristol city and they're still singing loud they're still being proud and i'm I'm not sure i could have mustered it up if i'm being honest or anything close to that so it's always always a pleasure to hear and it makes me feel proud of this club because you know frustrating performance in general but the fans were were incredible as as usual. Kev, do you have any um any stats for this game? The usual basic basic stats. Uh yeah. Uh possession sixty eight percent. We had <laughs> sounds weird, but we had uh, yeah, sixteen shots to <laughs> their fourteen. Uh both had four shots on target. So that makes it seem like an even match. Uh yeah, much not, more even. Not great, than is it? Was. Sixteen shots, fourteen shots, and only four on target for each. It's like uh yeah, not a five percentage of uh on target. Not at all. Uh, I'm guessing uh, the the XG will uh will will tell a story there as well. Uh one point seven for Saints, one point two for Bristol City. I almost did really? it. I almost did it. I almost said Bristol, I just added the city right at the end. Apologies. Mm. Oh, that's because we had a penalty, though, isn't it? Russell Martin, then, he said, my immediate thoughts are that I'm really disappointed. I'm gutted for the players and the fans who were amazing tonight, right until the very end. Uh, The run has come to an end, but I'm really proud of the players and the staff. I've got so much love for them. I love the feeling we have at this club. Where it was to where it is now is night and day. It's completely different. One result is not going to change how I feel about that at all. In fact, I feel even more grateful that the supporters are here until the end. So, yeah, we're all right behind you, Russell, and I'm glad that they've turned it uh, turned it around since then, of course. Um, man of the match, uh, quite a tricky one. Kevin, do you want to go first, or do you want to wait till everybody else goes and then you make a executive decision um, that way? It's, nah, I'll, I'll, I'll be brave this time. I, I think it is tricky for all the wrong reasons this time, isn't it? Because yes. it was yeah, an overall poor team performance. Um, rather than being let down by momentary lapses of concentration um, or, yeah, specific errors leading to goals. Um, yeah, Bazzuni not having his best night, um, again, shipping three. Yeah, but, I mean, of the stronger performances, Adozi um, looked bright, um, got as closest to a goal from open play as anybody. Um, I don't think he was really at fault. I thought I thought he he looked exciting. Like when we weren't losing, I um, yeah, I, he, he was getting me out of my seat. Um, but I'm gonna give it to Walker Peters, who I think had again a strong performance that I think you, you can't pin the blame on on him really. No, so he's probably least at fault. So yeah, I guess I'd give him that man of the match based on that. It's a tough one because do you really want to give a defender? Through, uh, who uh, the man of the match who let in three ga- uh, three goals, uh, you know, in the in the game. So I don't want to tough... give anyone the man of the match. <laughs> yeah. So defenders are, are out to me. Obviously, Adam Armstrong being able, he was on he was on the pitch for the entire ninety. So and scored the penalty. Uh, going by my theory, uh, you know, the man of the match should be the person who is directly. Um, in, in involved for the most amount of time, that would be him. Uh, but I'm going to give it to David Brooks because what that shows is it's his first start and it wasn't as successful as 
uh, his other appearances, for, even you know afterwards in the West Brom, than beforehand. Uh, but to me, when you're a lone player coming in, having to start, be on the away, you know, still have to figure everything out, and then you are running so hard that you nearly puncture a lung and break a rib going into the post trying to score. You, that means you know you're making a difference. And for the remaining part of the season, I'm really happy to have him. I think he's spectacular. And I'm going to give it to David Brooks. Okay. Um, well, I'm going for a completely different one as well. So we've got three different ones. I'm going to go with Sam Adozi, Kev, because of the same things that you just said. He did come closest to score, apart from yeah, from the penalty. Um, and I just think he was probably the most direct, and that's the reason why I'm giving it to him. I'm oh, good. You know, I like that. Where I, I go first, and we still get three different men of the match. That, yeah. that, 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 that's always encouraging. Doesn't happen very often, no. But then again, we don't lose very often. Um, table situation then. That, that was down to third. Uh, played 31, won 19, drawn seven, lost five at this point. That was 64 points. Um, Leicester at one, uh, 2-0 against Sheffield Wednesday. Leeds thumped Swansea 4-0 at Swansea. Uh, and Ipswich did the same uh, at Millwall. So just not our day in terms of other people around us, our rivals uh, getting getting the points. Uh, so, yeah, not good. But then, of course, we only had those three days to put things right. And off this, this, this defeat to Bristol City then. All the chat since Tuesday was, could we put things right? Could we stop this this rot already, this this run that we could we could potentially go on against a tough side, against a buoyant West Brom with the backdrop of this this new takeover, uh, and winning in the week against Cardiff, you know they've been fantastic at the Hawthorns. They've won the last five in the league there. Um, slight concerns with us conceding six goals in those two games, uh, but yeah, a clean sheet put us back up to second in the table. Uh, two nil, uh, wonderful opener from from Ryan Fraser and the first for um. For David Brooks, excellent result and four changes again. We had no Adams and Downs. Uh, Mara, Fraser, Stevens and Stuart Armstrong all come back in. Jack Stevens, Kev, playing at left back. Um, Ryan Manning takes a breather. I, I'm guessing it's a breather, not because of the mistake or lack of work in the Bristol City game. Um, but Seiko Mara from the off, uh, what did you make of this one then, Kevin? Yeah, it's one of those what the fuck um, <laughs> Who's playing where? Yeah. Team sheets, isn't it? Yeah. Is um, is is uh, Shay Charles playing at the back? Or are we, you know, what what are we doing? It's yeah. I mean, you know, it had me like remembering, trying to remember the the theory for solving quadratic equations. You know. <laughs> um. But yeah, if you if you work it out, yeah, Stevens at left back. You think, okay, yeah, this is this isn't going to go well, is it? <laughs> no, no. Um. But and I mean. It looked as though it was a back four out of possession and then three with with the ball, um, something that he doesn't do when Manning is there. So it looks like that's what, mm. what they were trying to do there. Um, again, also would leave us exposed there on our left, so <laughs> not encouraging that way defensively. <laughs> um, but for the midfield, um, definitely positive. Stu, Stu Armstrong, Smallbone and Charles, you've got to think that's a, that's a lot more, more balanced. Um, yeah, hence no than, Rothwell in this team. Having yeah, Rothwell, I can um, sit on the bench. Mm. Uh, but Mara, from, come on, of course, Mara from the off without uh, Shay. Um, yeah, again, you know, we're in the dark about what's happening with with Shay Adams. Um, yeah, how long he's going to be out for? Um, why he wasn't even on the bench? So, yeah. But but Mara, I mean, he probably deserved to start, didn't he? Well, who else are you going to start? Well, this is it. Yeah. <laughs> That's a very good point, yeah, I suppose. Um, but, yeah, were, were you concerned about the lineup, Tim? 
Oh, incidentally, uh, Joe Rebo back from Afcon made the bench, and as I say, did come on. So uh, good to have him back. Um, but yeah, were you concerned, Tim? Ultimately, I, <clears throat> I knew there was a rotation, and there was going to be some people left out that you're either going to be a head scratcher or a complete change, uh, and then some things are going to be like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. So I will try and make sense of what Stevens is at left back, and the reason is is uh, mentioned before last time when we played West Brom, West Brom is the tallest team in the championship. And the oldest. They are the most, <laughs> they are the oldest and they are the most physical. So putting, you, you're basically fighting fire with fire because our decision was we're going to throw Stevens back there because he's a witty old man, uh, com, you know, in the, in the realm of, in the realm of things now. And he can play what is going to be likely to be a lot of the headers in the long ball because Ryan Manning is five, eight and falls over like a, you know, like a sack of shit in the wind. Uh, and to me, it just is, uh, it made a lot of, it, that made a lot of sense. And I said, basically, I said to myself, or I was saying to a couple people, if the moment I'm comfortable with Stevens being back there, but the moment that somebody beats a through ball past him, I'm going to be yelling and screaming at him because the goal of a center back playing left back is that he is supposed to slot into basically what would be the equivalent of a back three and then allow Walker Peters complete and full reign going forward. And if they felt they needed some sort of tactical switch, they can put Walker Peters on the left and let him go full forward there. And then Stevens is right back and then slot into that, uh, to the right side of the center. That's three. what I thought they were going to do, to be honest. Mm-hmm. So putting Stevens back there in hindsight makes sense. And obviously it was successful. Yeah, in hindsight it was. But yeah, like I was I was with Kev. I was just like, what is going on? When I saw it, I thought, oh, my goodness, you, you, lose, you lost the game. You're resting your players. I get it. You're going to the Hawthorns and you put out this. It's like, oh god, this isn't this isn't going to end well. But I mean, but actually, you know, after the City defeat, I felt quite up for this West Brom game. And I I think I mentioned it on the Discord. It was kind of like a revenge thing, I thought. And 72 hour turnaround and to pick yourself up against a top team after a loss, it was going to be difficult. And especially like I said, with the goals that we've been conceding lately. It couldn't let us affect it, affect us, and, and we didn't. Do you know we conceded uh, more, uh, more than one goal in a game since October? We haven't done that six in the last two. That was also on my mind. But yeah, there was a lot of pressure on this game, but it didn't look like there was because I thought it was solid. The start of the game I thought was excellent, and we dominated possession. Uh, we looked purposeful as well with the, with the ball, and uh, yeah, I thought it looked really, really good. Um, and obviously, it didn't help that Carlos Corberon was was sent off, touching the ball before it went out. Um, stupid rule that I think. Um, felt sorry for him, but I mean, those are the rules. Nah, yeah, it was absolutely fucking hilarious. <laughs> Did you see Didn't Russell Martin's that. bloody uh, uh, reaction to it though? If there's the equivalent, you know, players and, and managers and, and referees always say they hate the, the invisible card. You know, you, you hold up the invisible card to when when you want a, a booking or sending off to happen. But what Russell Martin did there was worse than that, surely, because he was belting out something as soon as he touched that ball was to get him off kind of thing. And I thought that was a bit un-Russell Martin-like. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering, maybe he's just a stickler for the rules. Um, and he could have got, him, got himself carded um, <laughs> with, with the reaction like That's that. That's what he should have done. Um, 
I thought the ball had already gone out of play. So, so as did it was I. along the line. And I just think common sense could reign there and be like, well, it was going out anyway. If you're going to give him a talking to, it, you know, just give him a yellow or something. I don't know if that, but that's not in the rules of the game, is it? A yellow for that. Uh, if you if you enter the field at any part of the game, it's a red card. They know this, but common sense says, come on, the ball was going out of play. He was just trying to stop the ball and get on with it. He didn't do anything mm-hmm. to to affect the game. I just think, yeah, that was a it's, a, it's a stupid rule. And I felt sorry for the guy. But at the same time, you know, a, a manager that's quite vocal, Tim, Corvon is quite a vocal person on that, in that technical area. And it's not the first time that apparently that he's been in trouble this year because he left the technical area uh, to get a ball uh, at the first part of the season. And he got um, suspended or sent off for that as well. But he's done it again. So maybe that didn't go in his favour. But I just thought it was a bit harsh. It was unsportsmanlike. <laughs> and so it's true. I mean, the context is, is if like if it was a, you know, a, a substitute that's in a, you know, in a penny uh, on the side and he does the same thing, he's getting a red card, too, and he's getting thrown off. So to me, yes, I know it was an accident, but accidents happen just like an accident. You could go in and don't intend to. Uh, you know, stick your stick your cleats up going into somebody on a on a challenge, but it's a red card. Um, that's different because that's the play of the game. But in this case, he's the manager. He should know better. He shouldn't be touching the ball unless the ball is literally hits him when he's in his own a proper area, which you just mentioned that. And they saw in the sky and they said in the sky sports that he's been, you know, he he wanders around a lot inside of his technical area, so that wasn't surprising. Uh, and yeah, accident, but deserved it so goodbye and i was thinking to myself I'm like this is like 15 minutes into the game this is actually going to be a really good thing for us because he can't just like go up into like the the sky boxes he has to sit inside of the the locker room for the remaining part of each of the game well i he heard he was in his office and like do any apparently he went back which to his is office. you know yeah, because, but he can't be like at the, you know, in the stadium watching the game. Like Vincent Company was up in the, for, you know, he was basically, it's basically a touchline. The next game is mm. a touchline band. So he was able to watch the game from a skybox and, and radio it in. Whereas Corberon is literally sitting in his office because he's probably underneath the bleachers and there's no windows and it's the equivalent of connected to the locker room, which is what you're required to be at if you get so a red card. I'm I'm not clear on what his rules, what the rules are here, but if he is in the, in his office watching the game like 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 we were, not in his office though, you understand. But um, is he allowed to make substitutions, or does that completely go to his coaching staff? He, he could go and he could do the radio. He can radio in and talk with people on the phone if you want. Uh, no, see like that, could, that but... now that shouldn't be allowed. If he's not involved in the game anymore, he's got no impact on that game like we have. He shouldn't be able to do that. It should be down to his assistants to make the calls, bring on the substitutions, make the tactical tweaks. Nothing to do with Corbran if he's been ejected from the game. Whether I agree with well, it or not, unless, unless I'm incorrect of interpretation, but. You know, he can he basically has to be and sit in the once you get red card, you have to sit in the locker room and you have to do uh, yeah. you got to you got to pout and moan and bitch and complain and twiddle your thumbs. And at least there's a bathroom there. You can <laughs> go. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I was happy to see him go because I say he's quite a, quite he's quite a character. That guy. It made a huge difference. Yes, it did. Yeah, huge exactly. difference. This is the point. I'm glad that it happened. Um, actually, I'm going to put the question out to all our Discord users. That, uh, message messages in the Discord. Let us know what you think about this. Do you think it was the right decision? I know it's the rule. Uh, by the laws of the game, you should have seen a red card. Yes, I'm not arguing with that. But do you think the rule was stupid? Um, let us know. 
Uh, and I'll be it'd be interesting to hear the comments on this because I, I'm against that rule anyway. Uh, but, yeah, we did score quite fairly early, you know, 15 minutes or 14 minutes, rather. Uh, fabulous goal. Um, Ryan Fraser, very, very controlled volley into the bottom corner, Kevin. Uh, and that assist from Stu was was even better. Deserved the lead too as well at that point. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, we we were clearly the stronger side. Um, yeah, I think any of the worries were quickly dispelled. Um, I don't know. Maybe it was the we were riding the crest of a wave after their their manager got sent off. Uh, yeah, did have a bit of a hairy moment just before the goal. Um, Bazunu making oh. a really sloppy um pass out from the back that um, almost led to disaster. Yes. But, um, yeah, Bednarik manages to clear it. And that leads up to the the, 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 the corner that we score from. And, um, yeah, <laughs> I suppose, does that count as playing it out from the back, I suppose? So. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was like, like they say, the old cliche, the one straight off the training ground, like really well-worked routine. Um, I'm not a huge fan of um, short corners, but if we're going to play them like this, um, I think I will be a huge fan of short corners. Well, you say short, but it's quite a long pass that he plays <laughs> to Armstrong. Um, and that, yeah, that cross to Ryan Fraser, I don't know which is better, the, the cross or that, that volley straight in, but they're both, yeah, both beautiful, beautiful hits. And um, yeah, it's a beautiful, beautiful goal. Glorious. Yeah, I think... Um... There was a goal from Bruno Gimerich of Newcastle last week that was uh, quite similar to that. Uh, I don't know if you saw that, right. Tim. Uh, but yeah, that was um, maybe, maybe they, uh, they maybe they were watching that. I think actually someone on on on, on Twitter uh, had said that. So. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, so in uh, once again in in the press conference where he got when he got interviewed uh, for it, uh, he said, yeah. You can chalk that up to the set piece coach or whatever. He's off from someplace somewhere, and yeah. he thought it would be a good idea, and it was executed perfectly. So yeah, that's what that's uh, that was great. Yeah, that's what he gets his money for. <laughs> yeah, um, we had a great response after taking the lead as well. Because how many times do you see it that you score a goal, you sit back, and you get caught? We didn't do that. We went completely other other way and almost got a second straight after. Adam Armstrong slid one just just out of the reach of Stu. Um, but we just kept playing high and, and forcing West Brom into mistakes. And I lost count of the amount of times that West Brom lost the ball in their half. And I just thought that we need to capitalise on this and, you know, this pressure. We just need to assert our dominance and make it make it count. And I mean, they showed on the graphic our average positions on the half hour and Bednarik was the only one in our half just after half an hour. So I thought this this is excellent. This is exactly what we want to see. We're taking the game to West Brom. We're not letting them have their game. Um, but then it all went wrong pretty quickly. I say wrong. Yeah. I mean, they didn't. I mean, without troubling Bazuni at all, really. I mean, they enjoyed a, a really, really good spell. Uh, saw a lot more of the ball. There was, it was kind of like a lull in the match for us, and they did have mm. some chances. They had a penalty yeah, shout really as well. Us in. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, Jack Stevens handling in the area. Uh, <laughs> yes. I mean, my God. From from thirty Jack minutes to half Stevens. time, it was all West Brom, wasn't it? And we were probably perhaps. Yeah bit lucky to go and, in at one nil and after half time as well i think um you know they they came out quite strong in that second half i, I was i was um quite concerned that um they could easily get an equalizer there but yeah it was uh again really really smart substitutions from russell martin i mean i don't know is it just a bias that we have that um you know because uh he makes substitutions and we end up winning the game they're good substitutions whereas with ralph He'd do the same substitutions uh, every match, and uh, we wouldn't see a result, and we'd blame him for that. 
<laughs> yeah. Just in hindsight that we think like either they were smart substitutions. Oh, but, I mean, there has um, been occasions it, where Ralph has made a, made a substitution that has worked. So it's just we, we pay attention to the ones when they don't work. It's just so happens yeah. that Russell Martin's team this year is working. We're at a lower level, so um, we're, oh, no, we're doing that. better. Um, but no, I, I definitely don't change the complexion of the match from then. And it was, um, yeah, more of a, an even, even, even match. But yeah, going back to that Jack fucking Stevens, I mean, we really got away with one. Absolutely. Yeah, that, that was a Stonewall penalty. Um, he just palmed it straight over the goal. Um, brilliant, brilliant save. Um, he, he manages to clear the the corner that results from... Um, oh, yeah, he did that too. Yeah, that yeah. handball as well. So, um, yeah. <laughs> I don't quite know how we didn't score from that, to be honest, because it, it looked difficult to hook that ball over the net from how close he was. Yeah, but... yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I thought he'd done hand, maybe handled it again but um, yeah I don't know if if, if um, Bazuna ever gets injured and we don't have any subs you know who's putting on the goalie's gloves um, it was it was close and I think what's give Stevens credit to be able to shield it and kind of make it in a way where it seemed like it hit his body and 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 also shield it from the way the ref could see it too but in in, in the Premier League and the nature of VAR that would have hit um, under my two uh, immediate rules of uh, what is it absolutely 100% a clear hit it's it's 100% clear handball, one of which is an outstretched arm blocking a shot that is directed at the, you know, uh, directed at the goal, which is absolutely that one. Mm. So to me, uh, he, he just was able to play the game <laughs> of, uh, and be able to sell it, which is why I think he's a sneaky little son. <laughs> he's got that smirk on his face that just says, I got away with one. And then the, and then, of course, the the corner right after it, too. Absolutely, Jack yeah. fucking Stevens. Love him. Yeah, well done, mate. <laughs> Second goalkeeper. Yeah. Um, and like you said, Kevin, yeah, West Brom kind of like started where they left off, didn't they? And Martin had to make the double change just before the hour. Uh, Aribo back on and a Dozy, uh, who I think, Dozy, I think he's been brilliant since he's come back from injury, by the way. I think he's been mm. exceptional, whether he be a bench player or not. Uh, I gave him the man of the match in that Bristol City game. Um. Charles and Fraser come off. I was a little bit surprised that Fraser come off, but I mean, subs made the impact again. Uh, possession stats, Kevin, after those changes, saw us with a whopping 80% from the hour until the Brooks goal. So whatever. Yeah, exactly. So whatever um, Russell Martin's doing, these tweaks that he's making, it's working. He do, and he does need a lot of credit for that. And yet the, the EFL will not give him manager of the month. They still will not do it. Certain things like this is what you get paid for. And he's, he's changing games by, by making these substitutions. And um, I want to talk about this David Brooks goal as well, because I mean, yes, it's such a relief. And when this one went in, I thought, okay, this is it. We've done it now. 73rd minute, brilliant in winning the ball back, you know, the, the passing and the, the movements always on point. David Brooks is a master of that, isn't he? He gets the ball, he gets into the right places and, uh, he slots it away. First goal for Saints as well. Do you know he's already scored three goals for Bournemouth this season, which I didn't quite know. But oh right, yeah. So it, technically it's his fourth goal of the season, but first goal for Saints. But yeah, once again, Martin subs they make the difference. Yeah, all of them combining to create this goal. Just to make, again, fantastic team goal. Um, Aribo with the strength to hold the the ball up. Um, Stuart Armstrong with it, just that slight little touch to, to play a dozy in. Yeah, fantastic ball, ball to Brooks and, um, yeah, good finish. Very good finish. And 
finish to the match as well. Now, Tim, I know you're in the union, the keepers' union, so I'll let you have a lob on for uh, for Bazunu here. Um, but fantastic save from uh, Yakushlu. Absolutely, I think he. Uh, I think if you, you talk about manager of the match and, or excuse me, manager of the month, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, he was uh, definitely Roberto manager or, of the match. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, I don't, you know, I don't think that Martin's going to get, um, manager of the month because of the Bristol City loss. It's probably going to go to Farker and if they keep on their winning streak. Um, and we're probably not going to get a player of the, player of the month too because someone's just going to get like four goals in the next two games and, or Sargent, who's scored five goals in the last four games, uh, that could be it too. But save of the month is going to go to uh, Bazunu here. There's nothing that uh, screams more promising than a tr- uh, basically a lateral drill where the the runner gets a complete, you know, complete open shot, and the header, while could have been a little bit better. Bazunu's positioning was ideal, and while the save was absolutely fantastic, it was even, it's even better because he makes it look he makes it look like it would be a typical um, practice routine for him because he's just able to go and make it work and tip it tip it over the ball. It, it could have been a lot worse. He could have been out of position and had to make even a little bit more of a drastic save. To me, that was just unbelievable, and you know credit what credits due because the trailing runner got free and that's just either the midfield getting dragged in. Um, Walker Peters was uh, guarding the man on the far, on the uh, closer to the, uh, he was still guarding a man and Pizzunu just had to stick his big palm out and do it because something like that, I trust him to be able to do, which was, uh, and he's showing it. And Russell Martin's post game interview says he is such a, you know, a, he's so young, but he's so in, thrilled to be able to do this and so it, it was a big it was just a it was a great all all around to be able to not only see his positioning see the actual save itself and then get credit where credit's due for martin in the post game interview yes yeah and he certainly earned that 10th clean sheet of the campaign yeah brilliant save made it look really good as well and um untroubled after yeah. that really kevin yeah held on yeah for those points uh undefeated in one game now yeah such great form <laughs> Yeah, so I just, um, whilst we're, we're still um, waxing the record about Vazunu, um, uh, Mrs. Mush wanted to call him the, the Pink Panther. <laughs> okay, that's a good one. Yeah, we can we can do that. <laughs> and that, and that, that pink jersey. So, yeah, Vazunu the Pink Panther. Yeah, keeps us uh, in a clean sheet. And, um, yeah, tricky place to come, the Hawthorns. I think we, we are only the third team to come away with a, a win this season. Uh, yeah, if you're not including the FA Cup, uh, yeah, they are. Le- Leicester yeah. one of them as well, I believe. And I think the other Leicester one is... and Huddersfield. Huddersfield, yeah, strange, but mm. yeah. Um, uh, any stats? Yeah, I can give you. I can give you the usual shite. Uh, yeah, only 63% possession uh, this mm. time. Quite a low one. For um, us. Yeah, and um, we had less um, less shots than against Bristol City. Only one, um, which is weird. Uh, 13 to mm. West Brom's nine. Um, another four shots on target this time <laughs> to their two. And I did come away feeling that um, if we we didn't take our chances against Bristol City, I think if um, any of those four shots had been converted, it would have been in a different game. And I think it was the same here. I think this was a real tricky, tricky win. I think we were very, very lucky um, 
I suppose you make your own luck. Like I said, um, that that first goal was um, yeah, there's not, nothing lucky about that. I suppose. I mean, just that they were poor at defending it, but we definitely made the most of the opportunities that that we had, and really got away with yeah, not conceding an equaliser from a, 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 yeah um, at the end of that first yeah half or the penalty from the handball. Um, yes, I think you know we 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 weren't at our best. Um, we were the better team, but we just we just got got had that little bit of luck, and um, yeah, what we tried came off this time, whereas it didn't earlier in the week. Yeah, and with an XG of one point five to their zero point six as well, it just I think it does. You would guess that yeah, it's probably a one two nil victory, and it's pretty much like it was. I say other other than that fantastic save, they didn't really have much to, to shout about. They had a lot of possession in that uh, end of that first half. They had a penalty shout, but other than that fairly untroubled so I do think yes we deserve the win and uh, Russell Martin said it's our best win of the season uh, after Tuesday the questions were asked it's a big moment for us the aggression was through the roof compared to Tuesday when I watched back Tuesday I felt worse about it and then I did after the game uh, the fans have been amazing we lost 3-1 and didn't play very well and they were clapping us right to the end hopefully tonight shows the guys were really up for it so yeah it's um it goes back to what what Tim had said that, uh, about his uh his presser so yeah um completely agree with everything you said there it was um definitely a lot better than tuesday night but then you know it needed to be um man of the match tim uh, you can go first this time if you wish great performances all around uh so many good things to see and uh you know it's great that we were able to have two goalkeepers uh, i really <laughs> appreciated that um not only i wonder I we got a clean sheet uh, <laughs> you know yeah save it save of the month is going to Stevens is going to be up there too with save of the month as well. Um, but center back pairing with Stalward and then the makeshift center back and Stevens was great. Um, I think that all through the top line, um, they were really good uh, with, with Mara while necessarily making a huge difference. It was definitely up there uh, in Fraser. And I take that back because Adam Armstrong had a stinker of a game. Um, Brooks doing fantastic. Adozi uh, doing fantastic. Um, but all in all, it's going to go to Stuart Armstrong. The man is fine. His hair is sublime. That's why we <laughs> sing the song for Stuart Armstrong. Indeed. Um, yeah, uh, Harwood Bellis and Vednarek were great again. They just seemed like the perfect pair. Um, but yeah, Stuart Armstrong for me too uh, was everywhere, I thought. And just he put in a shift defensively as well, didn't he? He did that that great slide to, to block across. Um, got their cracking assist for the Fraser goal. Uh, credited with five chances created. Man of the match by Sky. Uh, man of the match in the stadium. And, and man of the match by me and by Tim. Kev, is he your man of the match? Yeah, he was man of the match on Radio Silent as well. Um, it's unanimous. Yeah, it's, it's got to be Stu from start to finish. He was just brilliant. Playing for about eight, 80 minutes or so. Um just, just, just wonderful. Played a part in both the goals. Yeah, uh, does score belters all the time, but just not in this match. <laughs> Whenever he does, he scores a belter. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, man of the match. No, no, no questions. Uh, it's the only right answer, really, isn't it? Um, but yeah, we moved up to second uh, at that point. Uh, played thirty-two, one twenty, drawn seven and lost five. Uh, Sixty-seven points. Of course, it didn't last long. As I said, Leeds. Went to Plymouth and won 2-0 to move back up to second. But Leicester losing at home to Borough. That was a surprise. And 
Ipswich continue, and they've had a really good response this week, haven't they? They've had two wins, Millwall and now Swansea. But we still have that game in hand over uh, second place Leeds and Leicester at the top. So, you know, a win could push us back up to second and eight points adrift of Leicester. So we've got 14 games to go. We, we can do this. And those reverse fixtures are going to be absolutely massive now. So we just need to make sure we uh, we do the do the job um, there. But they're, they're all the way, aren't they? Um, yeah, we've played Leicester, Ipswich and, and Leeds all at home, haven't we? Yeah, and that that, that trip to Ellen Road at the end of the season is oh looking more and more scary by the day. No one's come to Ellen Road and won. Um, could could we be the, the the first and last team this season to to do it? Wouldn't that be great if it was just the last game of the season? You go and beat Leeds. You're in the you're in not in the playoffs. Sorry, you got automatic promotion, and the loser gets mm. a playoff spot. <laughs> could yeah, I will that? be there, and you will be there, Tim. Yeah, um, that would be like a cup final. Yes, indeed, it would. Yeah. Um, right. Okay. So then we go into into Hull City on Tuesday, the twentieth of February, seven forty-five kickoff live from St Mary's. Uh, Hull City. Then it's another big one, isn't it? They just keep coming. Uh, they played Huddersfield on Saturday and they won two-one. Um, they're they're on a run for the playoffs again. Another one of those tricky teams are in that tough group of teams between sixth and ninth in the table. They're currently in eighth, but they're just a point off of West Brom in fifth. So it's um it's really really tight uh, and like like I said they're in very good form and if you get a chance to watch the Rabona from uh from Philogene uh, Billy Jean as as Kev called him um <laughs> yeah uh, I mean that was fantastic I'm sure Tim was is going to be uh getting another lob on from that as well but uh yeah they've won four Rabona <laughs> why didn't I think of that <laughs> oh yeah won four of the last five uh, and they've won their last three away games as well uh, and. Jaden Philogene as well is the top goal scorer for them with with Aaron Connolly on eight and he's also leading on the assists with five. Uh, Tim, whole city then. Are we scared of Philogene? Is it going to be Philogene against Ryan Manning? Yeah, Philogene is not my lover. <laughs> That's for damn sure. <laughs> All right, so J- the Jaden Phil- Philogene show uh, that is known as Whole City or the. Uh, the Alfie, uh, the HITC7's fan club team. Uh, uh, looking at Hull City, they are eighth currently, uh, but they're currently tied uh, with sixth place uh, and seventh place on goal difference at 51 with a game in hand. So, And West Brom is sitting there in fifth at 52 points. So taking a look at that, it's definitely crazy to think about. You know, Philogene is the stalwart. He, he signed on for $5 million pounds and is easily going to go for triple or if not quadruple that uh if they if they don't want to get promoted he's going to get over 20 million uh 20 million pound offers if they even potentially want to do that um so while they're mid-table and their their form is looking really good their last five is they beat Huddersfield 2-1 they beat Rotherham 2-1 they lost to Swansea away 1-0 beat Millwall 1-0 and then they beat um and they beat Sunderland 2-1. So looking at those last five, it's um, yeah they're obviously in, in, in very good form. So they're midweek. Uh, with a, with it being a midweek game, you have to think about their depth. And they have had probably, if not one of, if the best winter signings window this for the cha- for a championship team uh, this season. And the reason is is if you take a look at it, you've got Fabio Carvalho. Anas Sorari, Ryan Giles, Billy Sharp, and Ryan Ohio, and Oscar Stupignan, who is on 
the team last year, uh, he came back as well, but he hasn't really made much of a difference. So all five of those players have either been starting or have regular game time since they came back. So <laughs> Carvalho has been fantastic. Zorari is a, is a coup from Burnley to get extra time. Ryan Giles is looking really, really good. Billy Sharp is, you know, he's filling in a slot where uh, if, if he needs to with Aaron, um, with Aaron Connolly, so he can rotate that. And then Ryan Ohio is this really, really good young player that we haven't really even heard about, even though he's a, he, his name is a, is a, is a shit U.S. state in, in Ohio. <laughs> but, uh, so, and I mentioned all these winter signings, but their standout player, even beyond all of that, is Jacob Greaves. He is, and this is gonna, he's gonna be an absolute top, top player. He's young, he's a center back, but, um, I have him rated as, in the in the he's the my fifth best center back in all of the championship right now. That includes Benaric, Howard Bellis, Wafez, and Pascal Strike. He, he would be he would be somewhere in that fifth you know somewhere in that fourth or fifth range out of all of those players. He is unbelievable. Scored twice against Huddersfield and you know alongside Alfie Jones that make a really really good center back pairing for a for a championship squad. So. <clears throat> With all of that said, um, I mentioned their winter signings that adds the depth. And so when you need to rotate out, especially midweek, um, it's going to be tough. And combine that with Philogene, who that goal was an, that goal was going wide. Okay. Rafa was going to win goal of the week, goal of the month. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, they're like, oh, let's give the Rabona to the guy who was actually across, but it ended up going in the goal because of a deflection. It was an yeah, own they, goal. They've given Boston. it as an own goal. It's officially not his, isn't it? But, oh, um, yeah. it is? They switched it back? I'm pretty sure it was. I'm pretty sure it was. It went down officially as an own goal. Um, but okay. I think it, this is all coming from Hull fans. How can you take that goal away from him? <laughs> uh, because it wasn't going in. <laughs> it was not going in. Did they... God, if he if they actually score, I thought I thought they went back and reviewed it and they just still gave it to him either way. But because they want to they it's whatever. Either <laughs> way, their team is absolutely fantastic. And I can see them going into uh, going into the playoff spot um, by the end of the season. Uh, I think West Brom will try will do its best to hold in there. Coventry are really on the up. And then seventh place with Norwich, they're on the up too as well. So it's going to be a real good battle for those last uh, um, fourth, fifth, uh, well the fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth spot. But them sitting in eighth, I don't think they'll sit. There. I don't think they'll be eighth by the end of the season. I do think they'll. I think they'll miss out in seventh, but um, it'll be tough. So nonetheless, Tuesday night. It's a, this is this is a big one. This is a real big one because um, if we can do this, it, it, we got Millwall next, and that's a. Uh, that's a little bit better right now. Yes, they're not looking too good. Um, but yeah, um, Tim, uh, you're, you're first up for the predictions. It is super tough. I think I mentioned their depth because with all of their winter signings, they'll allow them to be successful and push down the road. And that includes and that also includes uh, rotation in a midweek game. I thought that this is going to be a very, very I think that's going to be a very, very tough game. I thought potentially a while back that this could have been the game we lost, even though it was at home. Uh, to me right now, though, I, I think it's just going to end up a, a, a real big stalemate. And I think we're going to end up with the, if you call it Desmond, um, 22. So uh, 2-2. Okay. 
Um, I, I, I do see this potentially as, as one of those games that, you know, if we are going to lose, we, we're going to lose to a team like Hull. Well, I mean, we've lost to, to Bristol now, but ah, I've just done it. Bristol City. There we go. Um, but <laughs> see, see, I fall into the trap all the time. But I think um, I think home form pays here. And I think that we will take this game. I do think it's going to be a very, very close one. I think it's going to be narrow, but I think it's going to be one nil to the Saints. So, yeah, one nil for me. Uh, Kevin, what about you? We got a draw. We got a Saints win. Um, I can't predict a loss, can I? Well, you can. I don't feel like I can. Um, I'm gonna go for a, a comfortable two 0 win at home. Wow, wow. Um, against Hull City. Um, I do have some nicknames. Good. Oh, I was just going to ask you. Ah, okay. <clears throat> um, yeah, so obvious ones. Uh, hell, shithole. Oh, my dad used to live in Hull. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Maybe you could attest to that then. Um, my favourite, the stripy pussies. <laughs> um, one for Tim that he has mentioned already, but um, still, I'll say it anyway. Um, HITC 11s. Nice. Love it. Okay, then. Uh, so uh, the week is not done. We uh, we got another home game uh, on Saturday the 24th, uh, 3 o'clock kickoff at St. Mary's, and this time it's the mighty Millwall. Uh, Millwall, Tim. Yeah, torrid form in, in 2024. They've had one win since the 1st of January, and that was at Ashton Gate, <laughs> which is something that we couldn't do. Uh, but since then, they're just one point. Uh, it's relegation form. It really is. There's one point off the drop zone. Um, so, they, yeah, they currently sit in 21st in the table. They're slipping big time. Um, Zion Fleming is still their leading goal scorer, as he was when, when we met them at, at the Den. He's got six goals. I mean, he's got, he leads the team with assists as well. Is it just the Fleming show for, for, for Millwall, Tim? Is that all they've got? Is that all we can really, really be, be scared of? Millwall are absolutely dwindling. They are falling apart, uh, extremely dire. Uh, last year, this is, they, you know, they in the last game of the season, uh, they were if they won their game, they were going to yeah. be in the playoffs. Sure. Yeah. And so going from Gary Rowett leading them to what is what was you know a potentially a playoff uh, level team where Sunderland was able to squeak in past them, uh, they got rid of Rowett and Joe Edwards, their current manager. He's just completely out of their depths. Um, it's not looking good. It's scary, and you know that. You're not things aren't looking good when your best off season or winter excuse me not off season but winter signing is Michael Obafemi on loan. <laughs> uh, that's that's something to be able to take a look at. So they also did sign Jaffa Tanganga uh, on loan from from Spurs. So that's uh, he's been doing all right there. Hasn't really made a huge impact, but I think that's because of the the state of the team currently. Um, looking at it and having just lost to Sheffield Wednesday 2-0 uh, shout out to Danny Roll uh, who's doing a really good job in terms of uh, form uh, in, in in like the form table he they're currently ninth right now mm, after yeah. Roll has come in so uh, I want to give him props where props is due and I really hope that uh, uh, he does and continues to stay successful and and, and Abby likes them because their owl is really cute, according to her. So, uh, so good luck Wednesday. But uh, in addition to that, they've lost to Ipswich 4-0. They lost to Coventry 2-1. They lost to uh, Hull 1-0, which are all very good teams, Ipswich, Coventry, and Hull. And then they drew Preston uh, 1-1. So they're not, things are not looking good. And their standout player, uh, Zion Fleming, you know, it, He's he's probably the only one that I'd be willingly take you know take from them. George Honeyman is all right. Um, 
Jay Cooper, you know, and uh, you know, got, if you're looking at Jay Cooper or Hutchinson, they still got Balkowski and go. Yeah, by Balkowski. Yep. But yeah, he's, he, he he's, got, he's a he even got supplanted. He got supplanted by Sarkic. Sarkic. S A R K I C. I can't. Uh, Sarkic. Yeah, Sarkic. Montenegrin. So if you have yeah. the, uh, that accent, uh, Eastern, the Balkans accent, let me know, uh, Kev. There. Matthias Sarkic. Mm-hmm. So all in all, uh, if you know, I could see taking uh, Fleming if uh, for, if you go if they get relegated, go down to League One, and we need some uh, de- depth player who, can, and especially if uh, Stuart Armstrong leaves, we need to have a a pretty boy on our team. Uh, Fleming could uh, could take that role because um, he's a he's a real t- tough tall son of a bitch. But besides that, uh, they don't things don't look good for them, and I think this is where we need to absolutely destroy them and continue on building that goal difference because Leeds are thirty five plus and we're at twenty five right now. Okay then, uh, predictions, and I'm up first. I can I can't see anything other than a Saints win win here. If you look at the form uh, form form table, uh, you look at the way that we're going and the way that they're going. We're at home. We're going to come off the back of a. Of a Decent two wins against West Brom and Hull. I can't see anything other than a win here, so I'm going to go for a comfortable. I'm not going to go over the top. I'm just going to say a bog standard two 0 win. Um, and also, if you've got any nicknames. Oh yeah, okay. Um, how about the fascists? <laughs> the pussycats. The the blue pussies, yeah. Oh, the blue pussies. <laughs> We've got the stripy um, stripy pussies and the blue pussies. I'm, I'm I'm probably thinking more about the fans than anything else, aren't I? But um, yeah, the Neanderthals. <laughs> um, yeah, they're, they're famous hooligan firm, the the Bush Lickers, and um, the, yeah, they're, they're famous chant. No one supports us. We don't care. Mm. There you are. Uh, okay, perfect. Uh, and, and your score? Um, I think that they could be on the end of a right royal thrashing at St Mary's. Um, yeah, I'm hoping for um, a, a really big match, big win. Um, I don't know whether to say three 0 or four 0 Four 0 Fuck it. Wow. Um, the team might be in for a freshen, but I bet the uh, the fans won't be. <laughs> Tim, oh, no. how about you? What are you going with here? A win is not just good enough in this game. We need to beat them by a minimum of two goals, which I think we'll do. So 3-0. Mm. So we've got 2-0, 3-0, 4-0. That means we, that means we're going to lose, obviously. Uh, <laughs> right. Okay. Um, Discord League. Bristol City then, as predicted, 99.9% of this of the Discord group went for a Saints win, uh, apart from not very slim Jim, uh, who took a 1-0 City win. Uh, he's the only one who scores points there. Uh, the West Brom game, plenty of people predicted Saints wins. <laughs> not any of us, however. Uh, Kevin McGee was the only one going 2-0 to Saints, so he moves up to second place now as a result. And he's just five points off the leader, Kurt Supple, who was on 69. Super 6, uh, round 35 was won by the Stephen King. I'm, it's got to be him, right? There's no one else that's called Stephen King. Uh, 17 points. Uh, round 36. Yeah, absolutely. You don't have to be a Saints fan to be in Super 6. Come on. Um, but in our league, probably. <laughs> um, round 36 uh, was won by Paul Beasley, Jason Lewis, uh, and some twat called Ray Hunt. On 16 points. Yay! Uh, and round 37 is ongoing. But uh, that twat Ray Hunt is actually uh, top of it on this week as well. So uh, amazing. He's doing really well right, recently. Uh, fantasy football, fellas, how, how's things going? I will say just off the bat that I haven't looked at my team this week, um, so I don't know what's happening. Um, so, Kevin, please fill me in. 
Um, it's double game week for some teams. Um, so I, I've tried to get in as many um, Liverpool, City and um, Luton players as possible. Um, <laughs> you know Luton are playing uh, Man United, don't you? <laughs> and Liverpool at Anfield. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it might get four points for playing 19. Then, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, 33 points. Pretty average, I think. Um, out of the podders, I'm yeah, way down. I've been overtaken and have dropped to eighth place. Uh, Tim is just above that in sixth. Uh, Ray's just below me in ninth. I did what? <laughs> Um, yeah, you're quite a far way behind, but I don't, yeah, you, you've had a very good week. I did, yeah. Um, I've just seen it. I've got Cap, Captain Gakpo. So. Mm. And Harland on the bench for the double game week. Um, he should come in for Soberslein, though. Yeah, um, but you only scored two, so... Oh, why do you... Oh, I triple captained him. Oh, he really... He's got to put away a hat-trick against Brentford, otherwise I'm fucked. Um, mm. Yeah, Timmy, uh, 48 points so far. A couple of high scorers, and Bukai Saka's doing well. Solanke on the bench. Don't know if he's going to come in. And on to the he, league. He will not be coming in. No? All of your players yeah, are playing. Uh, everybody else is going to play. Yep. Nah, fuck. Um, big league. Um, no change at the very top. Uh, but in third place, uh, moving up uh, into third place is Jock Parkhouse. Jock who? Josh? Jock. Josh Parkhouse. <laughs> Jock, Jock Parkhouse. <laughs> so I don't really know nice. where that came from. Josh Parkhouse. Actually, I do think there's a change, you know, because I think Dan Buck's been top for the last few weeks. Ah, because I missed last week. So, Mm. um, yeah, Uh, Dan Buck not on the top. Uh, Chris Chris Bonner back on top. It's, yeah, a bit of a ding-dong battle between those two. Uh, But, yeah, Josh Parkhouse in third. Excellent. Um, Tim Gaffer. That Tim Dan Brucker, the other Tim B., uh, he's smart and played a, a power up and has pushed past me 20 points ahead of me now, uh, at the end of this week, whereas everybody else had a very low re- week between 40s and 60s. He had over a hundred points thanks to that power up of away days, which is gives you double points for all players who are playing away, uh, which was, uh, good for him, but not for me. That's okay. We'll, we'll keep working on it. But besides that, the rest of the, the rest of the top five are still there. Uh, that would be Tim Brucker, me, uh, Moscow Mush, uh, Connor, and then you, Ray. Yeah, I'm slipping again. Never mind. Um, okay, guys, I have a game for you. Yes. So yeah, this is, this is a very, very simple concept. Is it, is it the name of a, a British motorway or is it a cheese? Okay. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, so I'm going to give you a name of something. You're going to tell me if it's a service station or if it's a cheese. Very, very simple. What I'll do is I think I'll let you take turns so you can both uh, uh, have a, have a guess, and then we'll see who's right. Just just to remind you, I did have uh, a sandwich with a nice slice of Watford Gap um, during <laughs> during my lunch break. So. <laughs> well, that's not on here, Kev. So unlucky. But uh, okay, uh, number one then, Broxton. Is this a service station or is it a cheese? Broxton. Broxton Services sounds about right to me. I'll t- I t- I tell you what, I need you to like put your cameras on, I guess, and put your hands up so I can see you're not um you're not cheating because I don't trust any of you. There we go. There's Kevin. <laughs> I see you. I don't see Timothy. You see, you see the whole here. Thing, like, I'm here. Just, yeah. just right by my tits. Here. <laughs> Broxton then. Kevin, you said you're going for a service station, yes? Yeah. Tim, are you going for yeah, a service Boston station? Services. 
Are you going for a yeah. service station or are you going for a cheese? It's a service station. You are both correct. It's a service station on the M90. Woohoo! Well done. M90. M90. I have no idea, Kevin. <laughs> uh, right, number two. Tim, stop cheating. <laughs> no, I can see you. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, number stop two. <laughs> number two. Uh, trowel. Uh, I'm gonna go with the motor. The motorway stop. You're going for a service station. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry, this is, isn't as obvious as the, as the previous one. I'm going to say cheese. Tim gets the point. It's actually a service station on the M1, Kevin. Yeah. M1. Where's that? Shame on you. That's a long. Goes one. right. That's the backbone. That goes all the way up to Yorkshire. Yeah, it's a big one. Unlucky, Kev. Uh, number three, uh, Tunworth. Kevin, you are first. Tunworth. Sounds like somewhere in the West Country. I'm going to say cheese again. Uh, motorway stop. Okay. It is actually a cheese. <laughs> It's a soft cheese originating from the Duke of Wellington's estate. So well done, Kevin. Uh, Tunworth is a cheese. Number four, Stitchelton. Motorway stop. Stitchelton is a motorway stop. Okay. Kevin, is Stitchelton a motorway stop? Uh, It sounds a little bit more like a cheese again. You're going to go cheese? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. You are correct. It's an English blue cheese, Stitchelton. That had me. Blue. I didn't know that. Yeah, an English blue sounds cheese. A little, sounds a little bit like Stilton, doesn't it? Yeah, I think that's why it's there. But yeah, um, number five then. Uh, old Inns. So Old Inns. I-N-N-S, as in a public house. <laughs> I'm going to keep saying cheese. Have you said anything else yet? I did the first one I got right. Oh, you did, yeah. So Kevin, you're going to you're going to go for cheese. Old inns is a cheese. It it's got to be a motorway stop because an inn is a stop, or like you'd think. Yeah, you would like think, right? Or whatever. So I think, but it's probably wrong. So you're going to go for a, a, a service station, Tim. You are correct. It is obviously a service station, Kevin. You moron. It's old inns. Who, <laughs> who would name a cheese old inns? Who's going to eat that? <laughs> Um, it's a service station on the M80, wherever that is. I don't There's know. There's quite a few cheese called Old Something. Yeah, I suppose, but not Inns. I don't know. <laughs> old, old, yeah. Um, I can see the logic. We're even. But then again, it, it kind of threw you off, right? Because you're thinking, oh, it's, it's mm. obviously a service station, so that means it's got to be a cheese, right? But no. Yeah. Uh, okay, so number six is Boland. B-O-W-L-A-N-D. Boland. Boland. <laughs> However, you, you're going to go cheese again, aren't you, Kevin? <laughs> I don't want to say cheese, but I am going to say cheese. Okay. Tim, are you going with cheese or are I'm you going with service cheese. station? I'm going to go with cheese for the first time. Yeah, cheese. Okay, you are both correct. It is a cheese from Lancashire, Kevin. So, uh, Boland oh. cheese. Um, Tim, you're up first on number seven, Chevington. Motorway stop. Motorway stop. Tons yeah, town, I'm going to say it's a service stop. station. Kevin, the one time, the one fucking time. It's a cheese, mate. It's a semi-soft. Oh, it's a semi-soft and mold-ripened cheese. So yeah. Ooh, <laughs> Ooh indeed. Yeah. Uh, number eight, Kevin. Uh, Pont Abraham. Abraham. Mm, sounds very Welsh. Is it a Welsh cheese or a, a Welsh service station? Mm, I would say service station again. Sim. Pont Abraham. Jeez. It is a service station. Kev, close enough, mate. It's on the M4, so the M4 runs through Wales, doesn't it? So, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's a service station on the M4. Okay, uh, number nine, Gordano. G O R D A N O. Gordano. Uh, there's no, I would, this is definitely a cheese. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. That's a Stonewall cheese, a fromage. 
It's a service station on the M5. <laughs> what? what? Yes, it is. Gordano. A Gordano. Okay. <laughs> Just stopping off at Gordano. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and last one. All right. This this is a tricky one. <laughs> you might fall up on this one. Derby. About like the city and the team. Kevin, is it a cheese or a service station? It could be both, but um, yeah, a uh, cheese. Kevin is going cheese. Tim, what are you going for for the last one? Derby. Is it a cheese or a service it, station? I'm, I, I mean, I would go with both. Um, but my guess is because Derby, it's sharp and it's pungent. Uh, so it's cheese. Uh, you are both correct. It's mellow cow's milk cheese from, you guessed it, Derbyshire. So mm. that is it. That's over. Uh, Kevin. Like a football team, bit of a stinker. <laughs> Yeah, you can turn your cameras off now. I don't need to look at you, but that was that was well done. <laughs> Who won? Uh, six five to you, Kevin. Ah, very close. Yeah, it was really close. Yeah. But yeah, um, there, there'll be another one next week. Not of cheeses and motorway stations, you understand, but uh, something different. That was very high standard. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it beats my um football teams <laughs> or designated <laughs> terrorist organisations, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's on the it's it's in the same ilk, isn't it? But yeah, it's, it's um, a very strong and uh, and flavoursome. <laughs> yeah, one a new one next week. Okay, so uh, yeah, and speaking of next week, uh, we'll we'll be going over those uh, those home games uh, uh, against Hull and Millwall, uh, and we have to preview two more. Tim, we got that FA Cup fifth round trip to Anfield, uh, and then we uh, head into the into March then isn't it? with a with a trip to St Andrews to face Birmingham City. Uh, so until next week. Up the Saints. Up the Saints. <laughs> Tim's fucked off. <laughs> Tim's upset because he didn't get the cheese. The, the questions were too hard. <laughs> Don't feel blue, Tim. <laughs> oh, I I popped it. It dropped the the second I turned my camera off. It dropped the call, oh, and so okay. I just joined back in. Up the Saints. Up the Saints. Up my Southampton. Podcast Network.